0: gonna need a bigger boat oh what a day. what a lovely day
1: i'm having an old friend
0: you are a
1: toy oh, she wouldn't even come a fly you can't handle the truth i'll be back
0: english motherfucker do you speak it just keep swimming just keep swimming just keep swimming swimming swimming
1: All right, and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Adam.
0: And I'm Josh.
1: And we are wrapping up our... We didn't even intentionally theme the month of May for Messed Up Mothers. That kind of happened by accident. (laughs) But we're wrapping up our Messed Up Mothers Month. Oh, I say that three times fast. Um... (laughs) with a with a cheerful little film from 2000 the year 2000 man when I sat down and thought holy shit, this movie came out 20 years ago and I remember when I was a kid the year 2000 seemed like the future and now yeah <laughs> I look back at this <laughs> yep. movie and go good grief we did we I've, I've actually started watching the sopranos I, I had I did not get to, to see that that show when it um when it was on the air obviously because I was You know, too young, whatever. Uh, Didn't have HBO. But uh, (laughs) I see stuff on that show like, oh, someone reading a newspaper. Who does that anymore? (laughs) 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 So, yes, this is Requiem for a Dream from the year 2000 with a Rotten Tomato critic score of 79% and an audience score of 93%. I thought that was a very strange... Uh, score for this for this film because this is, this strikes me as the kind of movie that the critics would rave about, but the audience would be like, "Why the fuck does anybody watch this?"
0: Yeah, but I guess it has its fan base. I guess it and does too. Most of that fan base will not watch it a second time. <laughs> really? <laughs> they'll they'll admit it's a great movie, but they're like, "I'm not going to watch this again." <laughs> Yeah, I think uh watch I think this was on Watch Mojo's
1: list of top 10 movies that are difficult to watch a second time. Um I cannot remember any other movie on that list except that was the only, I'm 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 sure a Serbian film was on there or something, but no, this was the one I always remember sticking out. Um And I have a funny story of how I knew the name Hubert Selby Jr. before I watched this movie. (laughs) Oh, okay. Everyone knows I love Patton Oswalt. Well, Patton Oswalt, as a comedian, I love Patton Oswalt. I don't care for him much as a person. Uh, He's kind of a blue checkmark brigade, Twitter, social justice warrior, and I fucking hate people like that. Um, But no, as a comedian, Patton Oswalt is hilarious. And he was telling a joke on one of his older specials, I think it was called My Finest Hour or something like that, where he talks about Weight Watchers and how so boring and non-compelling going to Weight Watchers is compared to like going to Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. He's like... He's like, all my friends who are like drug ex-drug addicts and stuff, they go to AA meetings like, yeah, I I T-boned a school bus and I had to flee to Tijuana. And then I go to Weight Watchers and I am like, well, number one, I had Doritos for breakfast again. (laughs) And he's like, there's got to be some. And and at one point he's like, there has to be some kind of dark, gritty Hubert Selby Jr. weight loss group or something like that. (laughs) So I went, who the fuck is Hubert Sylvie Jr.? And I looked at him and goes, oh, he's the guy who wrote uh, Requiem for a Dream. The book and the screenplay. I guess Darren Aronofsky helped write the screenplay. But yes, this is a Darren Aronofsky movie. Now, I think I've only seen three of his movies now Pie was the first one. And I've seen Mother. And I've seen this now. I still have not seen Black Swan.
0: I actually have watched Black Swan since being in the quarantine. Oh, you finally got it, out of seeing it. I have. Yeah, and I have watched The Wrestler. I, I think I started Pi, but I don't think I ever actually finished it, so I won't include that.
1: <laughs> I remember watching Pi the first time and going, wow, that was really weird. But it, it wasn't like I hated the movie. It was just really strange. Um, I don't know. If, I, I'm not sure of his other movies. I know Black Swan is the only one, the only other one I can name off the top of my head.
0: Um, I want to say he did Noah.
1: Oh, you're right. He did do Noah. Now, that's so strange because I know he's an atheist. And yet, he does, a, like, he did one movie where that was, you know, based on a biblical story. And then he did another movie that was like a parable of, you know, God's relationship with humanity. That's what Mother was.
0: Um, Yeah, well, I think he wanted to do something else with Noah, and since it was a big studio film, I really don't think most people even consider that a Darren Aronofsky movie, because even though his name's attached, I think he had his vision ripped from him on that one. uh Uh-huh. Interesting.
1: But no, I always knew, um, I always knew Requiem for a Dream was a pretty hard watch, and, um, who is it was it someone on Twitter who said they liked movies that because they, they were listening to our
0: review of kids and they were like, yeah, "Oh, they I like listen, movies no, that they make me like it. listen to us squirm." <laughs> they said they use this movie to go to sleep at night. And I'm like, "What the um damn. but yeah, I'll okay. Give them, this is the the Vern from the Cinema Recall podcast. I've listened to a few of their episodes. They're pretty good. Okay. But yeah, he said, "God, I want to hear you guys do Reckon for a Dream." And I was like, "You know what? We're not getting requests, so yeah, we'll take that and run with it. Sure, <laughs> Requiem for a Dream. Man.
1: I will say, whereas whereas um, kids felt like a slow-motion train wreck mixed with a PSA for birth control, this movie, to me, is like a beautiful train wreck. <laughs> that's, a, that's about the best way I can describe it. As a film, it is gorgeous and amazing, I think. Um, but you're right. I don't think I could ever watch it again. Like I, (laughs) I found a cheap copy of it that I bought with store credit at the, at the used bookstore for like five bucks. That was the one I think I, I found, I opened it up and it still had a circuit city receipt in it. Oh, wow. It was like, good grief. That took me back. That that thing was like six feet long and it had one DVD on it or something. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. You remember those old circuit city receipts? Yeah, oh, they're do. they're like the CVS and Walgreen receipts from today. <laughs> but no, this movie is starring Ellen Burstyn as Sarah Goldfarb and Jared Leto, or Jer- I never is it Leto or Leto. I never can't tell. I never can remember. I think it's Leto. But... Leto. Okay. Um, as Harry Goldfarb, Jennifer Connelly as Marion. And Marlon Wayans as Tyrone. Now, was this how how far into Jared Leto's career was this movie? Do you know?
0: That I do not know. I know that Aronofsky originally wanted Giovanni Ribisi for the role. Really? I don't know why he didn't. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't get it. It didn't say he was offered it and turned it down or anything. But that was who Aronofsky had in mind.
1: Well, this would have been 2000, so just, yeah, a couple years after uh, Saving Private Ryan. So, yeah, Giovanni Ribisi would have been about the right age, I think. That's interesting. Yeah. Are Any other yeah, who could have been game. who's?
0: Oh, yeah, I actually do have some on that. I got some interesting stuff on this movie. Okay. But uh, as far as who could have been who's, Dave Chappelle turned down the role of Tyrone. Oh wow! <laughs>
1: that that would have either been really horrible or really amazing. I'm not sure which one. Yeah, yeah. I know it. I
0: don't know. Well, We'd we'll see. When
1: can... when I think of anyone with the last name Wayans in Hollywood, I automatically think comedy. You know, I think well, you of, have to. I think I mean, of Earth Girls Are Easy, either... or I think of White Chicks. You no. Know? <laughs>
0: I was gonna say because even this very year, Reckoning for a Dream," Marlon Wayans had this and "Scary Movie" come out. Right. So I mean, what a hell of a year. I mean, opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, I will say for but, someone uh, who some... is, now, now, I. Now, part of me would have really
1: loved to have seen Dave Chappelle in this role to see to see how that would have been. But yeah, for someone who's so in who's, who's so synonymous with comedy to do a, a role like this, I mean, he did a really good job. Everyone in this he movie did. did a great he job. Did. I watched this movie going, "Wow, Jared Leto went on to play the shittiest Joker ever. How did he do that?"
0: <laughs> I I think we need to blame uh, who directed that movie. I think that's the direction more than Jared. David Leto. Ayers. I've said,
1: really, yeah, David.
0: I put the blame on. Yeah, I really do. I don't. I don't blame Jared Leto for that. I think, given the right direction, he could have played a good Joker. But because he yeah. is a good actor, so. oh, I know he's a good
1: actor. He, I mean, he, how many? Has, he's, a, he's, I know he's won at least one Oscar, and that was for uh, Dallas Buyers Club, right?
0: Yes, and that, that's actually a funny note. There, the three of the four, excluding Marlon Wayans, are all Oscar winners. So, I mean, this this is a loaded cast here. What did Jennifer Connelly win for? Maybe a beautiful mind, probably. I just know I read the thing that three of them were Oscar winners. I would guess a beautiful mind. Yeah, that's 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 I the think only one, one I can one think supporting of. Supporting actress for that. Yeah, but getting back to the who could have been who? Yes, Nev Nev Campbell actually turned down the role of Marion because she didn't want to do the on-screen nudity, which. I mean, seeing this role with Jennifer Connelly, a, a pretty well-known actress, I was kind of surprised to see where it went because it was yeah, far I was up. too, I was too. And then the last one was Faye Dunaway turned down the role of Sarah Goldfarb. So, huh? Interesting. Yeah, just some other interesting notes I had was that Aronofsky may told Jerry Leto and uh, Marla Wayne's. I want you to avoid sex and sugar for 30 days so that you understand what these cravings feel like to these addicts. Dang. Yeah, and I'm sure you could tell in certain scenes, Leto lost 25 pounds for this role. Mm-hmm. Because he, as it goes on, you can start to see his ribs.
1: Oh, yeah, like, yeah, there was he one actually... scene in particular where I was like, holy crap, he has lost a lot of weight.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he actually went and befriended a bunch of heroin addicts in Brooklyn and hung out with them. And he would he would take needles and shoot up water. Like, he wouldn't shoot up heroin, but he would still put the needle in his arm and Ugh. shoot up water to simulate it just to get the feeling. Mm. Which that comes into play, because holy hell does his arm look... Oh, yeah, that, that was the most squirm-inducing part of the movie for
1: me. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um... And I have to say, the DVD of this movie—I I got the DVD of the of the director's cut—and because you know me, I'm like, oh, I don't want a movie if I can't have it on Blu-ray. But th- this one, like I said, was five bucks at, at uh, Mr. K, so I'm like, okay, five bucks is fine. And I was paying, like I said, I paid in-store credit. And this movie has got this DVD's got one of the coolest menu screens I think I've ever seen. Because like, I hadn't even turned my TV on yet; I just put it in my Xbox. And you know, because then I knew like once I turned it on, it would be already be loaded. I came back a few minutes later, switched to the switch to the Xbox, and there's like this infomercial playing. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then it took me a minute to realize, oh, this is the menu for the DVD. That is so cool. Because <laughs> I, I I will say I feel like Blu-rays have really dropped the ball as far as having cool cool menus are concerned. Remember like some DVDs have yeah, really I, I cool agree.
0: menus. They really do. They have those very interactive menus.
1: Yeah, and now now there's like a static image with some buttons, you know, that's it. Yep. So this movie had a budget of 4.5 million and worldwide grossed 7.4. So decent success. Yeah. I think it's amazing this movie was made on such a small budget. I just, I'm wondering how much of it they actually shot in New York.
0: That You know, I didn't look at filming locations, so I
1: don't know. Well, that'd be interesting to know. But I will say, I mean, going into this film, oh, and I got—I also have to say before we started, um, Big Mouth kind of ruined the, tr- the, the name of this movie for me because there was that episode in season one where Andrew Glauberman... Decided he was going to stop masturbating, and that episode was called "Requiem for a Wet Dream." You remember that episode?
0: <laughs> uh, yes, I, I I do. Now I I didn't think about it, but you're right. <laughs> but just to to double back to that, it was actually filmed in Coney Island, oh, in wow. Red Hook, and Brooklyn. So it was filmed on location the whole way through. Those wow. were the three locations. It must have had some. Uh... <clears throat> Must have had some connections.
1: Maybe so. <clears throat> Cause I know fi- filming in New York is not cheap. Um, now this, I, it did not have the opening I was expecting. For a movie I know was like a, you know, story of horrible drug addiction, this was not the opening I was expecting. Because like, it just starts with like, all these people chanting, like a crowd of people chanting, juice by Tappy? T-A-P-P-Y. Yes. Is how do you spell this guy's name? Motivation... Okay. Motivational speaker. That's all, all I could think of was the season of Dexter where the main bad guy was a motivational speaker. I can't remember what season that was. That was the one that had Julia Stiles in it. I can't even.
0: Okay, I want to say yeah, it was... I think it was season
1: five, but... Yeah, I think, I think it was season five, too, because it was before the, the, uh, the Doomsday Killer. Anyways, Dexter will go down in history with one of the worst... Endings ever to a TV show, I think.
0: Uh, right about. Well, I up- told you, piggybacks into Terminator Dark Fate. So, <laughs> Arnold is Dexter's continuation. That's, that's my stance on that. So.
1: Are you telling me <laughs> I have to watch Terminator Dark Fate? Absolutely. <laughs> oh,
0: no. After that last
1: one, after Genesis. With-
0: Ugh. Well, I didn't see Genesis, so I can't... I don't have that sour taste.
1: Well, yeah, you didn't miss anything. That movie was terrible. Okay, anyways, back to Requiem for a Dream. Um, So, yeah, there's this motivational speaker, and he just, is throughout this entire film, keeps talking about, no, we've got a winner, we've got a winner, and (coughs) he's... I don't even really know. I th- I thought he was like a Wolf of Wall Street sales guy or something like that at first. But no, he's just, I guess, trying to tell people how to improve their lives. Because he does everything about, you know, talking about cutting out sugar, cutting out red meat. And I, he, he immediately lost me at red meat. I'm like, dude, shut the hell up. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, um, and this
0: guy is uh, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Christopher McDonald. Oh, really? I thought he looked familiar. Yeah. There, there are several yeah. times in this movie where I'm like, hey, it's that guy! And then there's one towards the very end where I'm like,
2: oh my god, it's that guy.
0: <laughs> oh, well, there's there's one that I guarantee you didn't catch that I'm going to bring up here. Oh, that, okay. That you're just going to be like, oh. and you know us, we always find a way to connect it to a past episode, and I got a doozy here.
1: Okay, well, I had one to connect to a past episode, but I don't. I guess it's not the one you were talking about. Um, so, this... Jared Leto character Harry is trying to take his mom's TV and she's like trying to keep him from taking it. And I, they, they, they hint that this is not the first time it's happened. I mean, I'm like, I'm assuming he's like taking it to a pawn shop or something. And the TV's chained to the radiator. And he's immediately like, Oh mom, what, why would you do that? Why would you do that to me? It's like <laughs> from sitting here watching is going because she doesn't trust you possibly, but no, she claims that that's a, uh, that's there. The, the chain is there for the burglars. I'm like, yeah, cause people are going to break in and steal this ancient ass TV. They're, yeah. Um, <laughs> now there's some very interesting cinematography in this scene. Cause at one point it looked like she locked herself in the, in, in the other room. And then like the, that one picture split into two separate camera images. So you could see her in the room and you could see Harry um, taking the TV. And she eventually like takes the key off the the key to the padlock to the TV and like scoots it under the door and he takes it. And um, Tyrone, Marlon Wayans character, is sitting outside waiting for this guy. They're taking the TV to
0: sell somewhere to get money. And I got to say, let me tell a quick story about that, about that. They're going to sell it for money, right? Right. So growing up, growing up. Uh, my parents are divorced and i would go up to my dad's and I didn't find this story out till later but every time go, I had a TV a nice TV that had a built-in VCR oh especially back in the 90s that was a nice TV. Oh yeah <clears throat> And I didn't find out till years later from my uncle of all people that my stepbrother who also had a drug problem would do the same thing and come pawn my TV and then they would have to go get it back out. Now I never noticed it because they'd have it back out by the time I got back.
2: Oh. So yeah, when I
0: saw this, I was like, "Oh, okay." I know this story pretty well now that I've been told it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's pretty sad. Um but I uh, the, the, and I, I knew this music as soon as it started playing cuz I've heard it somewhere before. I can't remember where I heard it somewhere on the internet, but that the whole it's the theme throughout the movie that da Da-da-da, da da da-da-da-da, da 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 da. You know, like, "Okay, I, I've heard that somewhere." Um, but all through the opening credits, all we see is Harry and Tyrone pushing this TV all over New York city. I'm like, it's New York city. There's gotta be a pawn shop closer to you (laughs) than that. I mean, there's probably a pawn shop on every street. They're probably like (laughs) CVS and Walgreens down here. Um, and it says, well, all we get is a black screen that says summer and, um, They sell the TV for 20 bucks to Mr. Rabinowitz, who's played by Mark Margolis, who's he's he's one of those actors you see in absolutely everything. Seen him in Scarface, seen him in Ace Ventura, seen him in Breaking Bad, seen him in all kinds of stuff. Um and immediately cuts to, as soon as like they get the money, it cuts to various shots of like spoons and lighters and needles and tourniquets and and I, I'm pretty sure there was an episode of American Dad that made a huge parody of, of all of these scenes because I don't know if you watched American Dad or not, but there's the, the, the alien, Roger, who's a total degenerate. Well, there was one episode where he kept doing that and every, he kept getting high and every time he got high, it did another parody of these quick cuts.
0: Oh, okay. Um, I know the character of Roger, but I, I don't watch the show, so. Well,
1: that's... That, I. I think American Dad is probably my favorite of the um, Seth MacFarlane trifecta. (laughs) But no, now Harry and Tyrone are high as kites. I guess they're doing heroin. Is that what they're doing?
0: They never never actually say. say, yes. They are doing heroin, although when they show the pupil, it's always dilating. And it should really be constricting to be heroin, but... You know, it, it, it's a better image to have it dilate on the screen
1: like that. So right, because I mean, you know something's up whenever it's dilated. Um, see, I don't know enough about drugs to know that, that heroin does that to your eyes.
0: <laughs> I read it, I read it. Okay, I, I'm not saying you do it. <laughs> saying, well, maybe, maybe your
1: stepbrother told you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. But, um, so they're talking about uh, getting... Other drugs, they said, we need to get us a piece of this Brody shit. I'm like, what does he mean, Brody shit? And, oh, and another thing. For some reason, my DVD did not have any subtitles. So, like, there were times where I needed subtitles and couldn't get them. So, there may have been oh, okay. bits of the story I missed out on because of that. Um, but no, they're talking about buying their own stuff and selling it and just make becoming drug dealers, being drug dealers. Um, now, they're at this, like, in, in one scene, they're in, a, in an apartment. And then the next scene, they're like at a at a roadside hot dog stand or something. And this cop sits down next to Harry. And Harry thinks it would be a good idea to take the cop's gun. And just like, whoop, right keep out away. of it. Yeah, and start playing like Hot Potato. Except or Hot Potato and Keep Away from the cop. And then we see this is just a daydream. So whereas horror movies yeah. like to play dream sequences, this is a daydream sequence. Or I guess a... Requiem for a dream (coughs) sequence. (laughs) (laughs) That is another thing is like, I could not figure out the title of this movie for anything. Like what does Requiem for a dream have to do with anything that happens in this film? I don't, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's above my level of intellect, I guess. Um, and then we see Harry's mom, Sarah is buying her TV back from Mr. Rabinowitz. And he's just like, why don't you call the cops on Harry? And she's
0: just like, he's my only son. I can't do that to my only son. Um, And like I said, I know that story because my stepmom was that way. Mm. So that's how she was. That's sad. um, Now she's
1: back at home. She's eating chocolates and watching the same motivational speaker from earlier. And now we meet Marion, who just is looking up at these apartment buildings as Harry comes up behind her. And they sneak up to the roof or something. They they have to hotwire an emergency exit so the alarm doesn't go off. And we cut back to Sarah. That's another thing is this movie's very disjointed. There aren't like a lot of entire scenes or like complete scenes. We keep jumping around getting different bits of different scenes as they're happening. Like by the end of the movie, I just had to stop taking
0: notes because there was so
1: much happening at the same time. Or like, what the hell is going
0: on? It really is, and I read that Aronofsky was wanting to shoot it. I think, as they put, like a hip hop video with a lot of quick shot shots, like Whoa. a lot of quick cuts. They certainly, like you say, did there that. are no like long scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. They certainly did that, and maybe,
1: maybe that's part of what made it watchable the first time. Is like because there's it doesn't really <clears throat> it doesn't really focus on any one character or any one story arc for too long, in my opinion. Um, maybe. But no, now we cut back to Sarah. She's watching TV and she gets a call from someone saying they want to put her on TV. Like they randomly call up people and tell them they're going to be on game shows or something. Are we thinking game shows?
0: Like it doesn't no, t- like she keeps calling Tappy a game show, but yeah, I never got game show from that show. From I never did that. either. I never did
1: either cuz it, it just yeah, like like I said to me, a motivational speaker. Um, but th- but they also kept saying we got a winner. We got a winner, so like I said, no idea. Um, We see a graduation photo of the family, her, Harry, and uh, I guess her her, uh, deceased husband, Seymour. Um, Yeah, Seymour, yeah. And she's trying on this red dress she got out of her closet that doesn't quite fit anymore.
0: Uh, Right, it's the one from the picture.
1: Yeah, the one in that picture. And Harry, now we cut back to Harry and Marion, and they are... I thought they were going to be up there on on the rooftop getting high but no they're making paper airplanes and flying them off the roof. I'm like, "Well, that's <laughs> kind of nice, I guess." Um, <coughs> this is where we find out that her parents have money, but that's not what she wants from them. Um,
0: Harry mentioned something yeah, she about her. like start her own clothing store. Yeah, Harry mentioned that.
1: Yeah, he's like you're he's like you do, yeah. you've got good drawings, you're a good designer, you know. Um, and now we cut back to Sarah, who's who's getting a neighbor to see if they can help her or if she can help her get in, get into this dress because this dress just isn't
0: zipping up. And the and, lady and this neighbor is who I'm talking about. Oh. Yes, this neighbor is Louise Lasser, who played the mom in Blood Rage. No way. I, I didn't know it either. I looked it up and I was like, no way. No
1: freaking way. Wow. I'm surprised I'm surprised she had any work after Blood Rage. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm I, good for her. I'm glad she was getting other work. Oh my goodness. Well see, Blood Rage
0: was like 84, wasn't it? Or something like that? I mean it was filmed. It was filmed in I think 83, 84, it came out in 87. Okay, yeah. so, oh, man,
1: this was almost 20 years later. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Good for her. Yeah, she kept um, at it. That's good. <laughs> um, whereas, I guess, whereas, like, Lorraine Gary had her worst movie at the end of her career, maybe <laughs> maybe she got her worst movie out of the way early.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like Sean Connery. Well, okay, and, now I'm going to do
0: something good. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, now, um... And and that that neighbor is like I at first I thought she said I have di- a good diet pills, but no she said I have a good diet book. Um. Now later, well, I mean we cut back to Harry and Mary and not a lot happening there. They just leave the building after they set the alarm off on purpose. Um, Sarah oh, yeah, is yeah they're doing it
0: yeah just to tease them yeah
1: yeah just to just to be assholes. <laughs> um, yep. Sarah is reading How to Lose Ten Pounds in Ten Days. And like, it's like breakfast. Page one, cup of black coffee, no sugar, boy, hard-boiled egg, and half a grapefruit. I was like, I got hungry just reading that because I know whatever if I ate something like that, it's gonna leave me completely empty inside. Um, yeah, I'll, but and she's okay. she's flipping through this book and like all the no's, the no sugar, no dressing, no fat, no whatever. All, I know that feeling all too well. Um. Now, we see another quick cut to Harry and Marion. And they're lying on a couch in some in some room. Like, I cannot figure out if this room was like a place they were squatting in or because it looked like it was a like half finished. There was no wallpaper on the walls. There was like just, you know, big industrial kind of fluorescent lighting hanging from the ceiling. Right, I couldn't yeah. tell what the hell this place was supposed to be. Um. Now... We see Sarah getting her hair dyed because she wants to look good on TV. And then we cut to Marion and Harry and Tyrone. They're all getting high together and they're all talking about selling drugs, all talking about Harry and Tyrone's plan. Uh, Now Sarah's hair didn't turn out as red as she would have liked. And I like her line where she says, if that's red, what's orange? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, I mean... Cause yeah, it does look kind of <laughs> orange at first. I was like, maybe that's a strawberry blonde, but no, it's not. It's <laughs> orange. <laughs> um. So we get another scene of Marion and Harry there. And this is another kind of split camera shot. Cause so you're seeing like two different camera shots, two different things happening at the same time. You know, and he's like, she's the most beautiful girl in the world. And she, and, marion's like you're the only person who's ever said that to me and i felt like it meant anything you like i, I would have loved to have known how these two got together like because because they seem like they're from such different worlds um i mean she's from a rich family he's from kind of the the, the sticks you know the kind of the poor side of town um right and so yeah, I would have liked to have known a little bit more about their, their back history. Because later on in the in the movie, when he mentions her, his mom knows exactly who, he, who he's talking about. Um, so, and, and he's and he's still trying to convince her that she should open a clothing store. Um, now, Sarah is checking her mail and eating her breakfast of, like I said, one hard-boiled egg, half a grapefruit, and black coffee. Um... And I like the way that the food just kind of disappeared one bit at a time. Like, she looks at the egg, and the egg just, poof, it's a shell. Or she looks at the grapefruit, and just, yeah. poof, it's just the, the grapefruit skin. And then the <laughs> coffee's just, boom, gone. And she's still hungry after eating. Now, um, yep. this was the part I think you were talking about, with we were surprised how far a, you know, kind of big-name actress would go. Uh, Jennifer, or uh, Marion, is uh, standing in front of a mirror, also looking at her body, and she doesn't have any underwear on. <laughs> She's got a bra no. on, but um, but right. no but no no panties. So I was kind of like,
0: huh? And every time I see a scene like this in a movie, have you ever seen Revenge of the Nerds? I have not, no. Okay, well they're just and obviously it's a very 80s movie, so it's a very 80s term, but every uh-uh. time I see a scene like this, it just takes me back to where they're spying on the women. They're like, We've got Bush! <laughs> It's terrible, it's terrible, I know, but it's a great yeah. line from the 80s, so.
1: Well, I always, well, when I hear that, I think of the, the Family Guy episode where they where they made friends with the nudist family that was, like, living in their neighborhood or something. And uh, the wife comes out and she's like, would you like, like, what kind of beer would you like? And Peter's like, "Ah, oh, what kind have you got? And she goes, I've got Bush. Oh, and Bush liked. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um... And then yeah, we get more drug shots, and I guess um I guess uh, Marion is snorting heroin because she's not using a needle; she's like using a rolled up dollar bill or something. Um,
0: yeah, see, I think I, I it's got to be going back and forth between heroin and coke because I know that's what they end up trying to sell later. But the shooting oh, was up it? is heroin. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think you can snort <clears throat> heroin too. I think. Um. Again, I'm not an expert. (laughs) You'd think after watching The Wire, I might be. (laughs) Um, But now Sarah's watching Motivational Guy again, and he's saying red meat, no red meat. And she just keeps glancing at the fridge, just keeps looking at the refrigerator and like, thinking about what's inside of it. So she finally goes outside to hang out with all the old ladies in front of the building. And they're all talking diets, and one woman mentions, oh, my little granddaughter, she lost all this weight with these diet pills. And when her mail arrives from the TV people, now they all, like, the whole, like, there's this row of probably, like, 10 or 15 old ladies outside this apartment building, and they all go inside, and she starts filling out her forms. (laughs) And I'm sitting here going, is she even reading what she's signing? Cause like I'm, I'm I was fully no, expecting this is. to be like an early day uh, scam, you know. And it may have been, who knows? Um, now Harry and Tyrone have found their drugs, <clears throat> excuse me, to sell. And Sarah sends off her mail. Harry's smoking weed and listening to music, and he has kind of a I guess this would be like a hallucination. He looks out the window because it's nighttime, yeah. but he looks out the window and sees it's daylight and sees this pier with a woman in a red dress and suddenly he's standing on the pier and as he gets closer it's marion but then suddenly he's back in the apartment and tyrone is back with their drugs and he wants to sample some of it tyrone wants to sample some of it but harry's like no man we gotta sell it we can't use it and i was like well at least he's a somewhat intelligent junkie uh (laughs) but uh but then he tries to be he tries to be yeah he tries to both of them try to be Um, it seems to me like the only one who's just an outright junkie is in my opinion, Marion, but we'll get to that later. Um, he wants to sample some of it, but they're like, no, we got to save it. We got to sell it. We don't want to fuck this up. But then they're like, well, we should just take a little taste. So we know how pure it is. And now they're both high again. Um, Sarah is now we cut back to Sarah. Sarah's watching motivational guy again, Tappy. And, uh, her hair is a lot redder now. And he's uh, also... Got it right. <laughs> yeah, he's finally got it right. Um, now he's saying no sugar. I'm like, what kind of... If this is supposed to be a game show, what kind of game show is this? Um, That's
0: why I say I think it is the motivation. Like you said, he's got three ways to cut, cut... or make your life more healthy. And it always says no red meat, no sugar. And I don't know if you pay attention, but you never get to hear that third thing he says because it's always, like, fading out. And I can tell you the reason behind that is that Aronofsky wanted to say no pharmaceuticals, and the studio's like, no, 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 we're not, we're not getting in bad shape with the pharmaceutical company. They don't want to piss off big pharma. Coming up with a, yeah, instead of coming up with something new, he just decided to always have her either zone out or start focusing elsewhere, and you never get to hear that third thing.
1: Huh? I didn't catch that. No, that's that's interesting. Um. Now, she's looking everywhere in her house and is seeing food everywhere. Like food, just like like hallucinating food. She's laying in bed and seeing cupcakes and donuts everywhere. So she calls her friend in the building to see about the doctor that gave her granddaughter, whatever, the diet pills. Um now, this next part, I, d- I didn't really understand what was happening. Marion's getting all dolled up for this guy to go talk to this guy. I th- I thought she said she- he was her therapist. Or
0: did-, did you did you catch that? Arthur. All I know is uh, all I know is that this is where she gets her money from. Instead of her parents. This is oh. the guy where she gets her money. OK, because like
1: I thought I thought. I thought she'd said something about, like, she had to go to this to make sure her parents thought she was still going to therapy or something.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, maybe, she's... Maybe
0: that's what it is.
1: She says she's only going to see him so her parents won't cut her off, I think. Okay. Um, now we get Sarah at the diet doctor's place, and the doc comes in and, like, won't even make... Doesn't even make eye contact with her. Doesn't even look at her. He's like, I'm oh, okay. What's the problem? down
0: the whole time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He's like, what's the problem? I want to lose some weight. Okay, we can do this. He says like three sentences to her and just walks out. He hands her the little prescription note and walks out. Um, now we cut to Harry and Tyrone selling drugs, making money, and, you know, stacking all this money in a shoebox and hiding it, and Marion's designing clothes while they're selling drugs. Now she's got a retail space for her store, so this is kind of like the whole push-it-to-the-limit scene from Scarface, just on a much smaller scale. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like they're not taking over the whole it's city. They're just
0: gosh, I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just had that thought, you know, except, you know, they don't have to have money counting machines to count all their money. Um, it's also, yeah, it's no. also funny for me to go back and watch movies like this and go, wow, did the $20 bill really look like that? It's been so long. I don't remember what it looked like. <laughs> I remember when I was in 2014, when I was finally moving home from Japan, I, uh I was changing my yen back into dollars and they handed me all these hundreds with like these, like, Fluorescent strips, or um, not not fl- but like a holographic images. I'm like, did they is this a trading card or a bill? <laughs> so, like, did they change the hundred <laughs> again? Um, and yes, they had, uh, but yeah, Tyrone and Harry making good money selling drugs now. Yes. And then we cut to Sarah, who's going through her diet pills, she has four different kinds of diet pills
0: that she has a to take day. throughout the day. That is crazy, yes, yes,
1: that is insane. So she takes the pills, but then starts eating like she goes to the kitchen and gets, you know, cream cheese and some big it's not a bagel, but like some big piece of bread. And now she's eating it. But now I noticed she's like the music is really like vibrant, kind of like a um, almost like a, a mambo or something like that. And she can't sit still. She can't sit still. She's she's right. moving all over the place. And then she starts drinking coffee, too. And the music gets faster. And even the voices yep. on the TV are sped up. I was like, "That is, that is just brilliant." <laughs> I'm sorry, there's no other way I can think to, to like how to to put it, like to to be able to put the experience of speed. I guess I guess this was speed or something like just amphetamine. Yeah, basically, what it's supposed to show. Yeah, am- you know. amphetamines it is has like, the same that, effect anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Um. Now, Tyrone is smoking weed and enjoying the new mirrors in his bathroom. Like, there's this naked chick on his bed. He's like, come back to bed, Tyrone. He's like, he's, he's just like looking at these mirrors in his bathroom. And he's smiling. He's like, I'm just, I'm just enjoying these new mirrors. And he, we cut to, I figured this was a flashback. We cut to a small kid running through some pretty poor looking neighborhood into his apartment. And he jumps into his mama's lap and says, I told you, Ma, one day I'd make it. And she says, you don't have to make anything, my sweet. You just have to love your mama. And I, I, fully, I fully expected, like, okay, if he's this way with drugs, he must have come from a drug-addled home. But no, his mother looks like a you know, normal person. She doesn't look like a crackhead. So No. Because when we cut back to Tyrone, modern Tyrone, he doesn't look as happy as he was a second ago. He's kind of like, right. do I really need to be doing this? But then the girl calls him back again. He's like, she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just thinking about you and all oh, the nasty shit I'm about to do to you. And yeah. <laughs> but, at, but like while they're in bed together, he says he just wants some peace and happiness. I'm like, well, you are in the wrong business if you want to do that. <coughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Harry and Marion are hanging out on the beach and... Harry says he, he he wants to to you know to make things right with his mom. He wants to buy her a new TV. And Mary's like, "Well, let's go get it now." And he says, "Yeah, but we should push off first." And it took me a second to realize "push off" was another term for you know getting high. <laughs> I didn't did not realize that.
0: Um, I guess
1: my two okay, 2000s... thousand.
0: Hmm? Oh, sorry.
1: I was, I was just saying, like, I, I, I thought my, I guess my 2000s uh, drug vernacular is a bit rusty. But Marion... Oh, this, the push off? Yeah, push off. Let's push off first. And Marion, this is like the only moment of, like, common sense, I guess, she has in this movie, in my opinion, where she's like, it's early. We shouldn't get started until tonight. Of course, the next, but of course, the next thing we see is more shots of, like, drug stuff. Yes. But But then, uh, not just drugs but we also see sarah's diet pills and coffee too so i guess he's kind of like you know at this point calling out things that people do every day that can still have an addictive uh, eat, no matter how big or small like you know you wouldn't compare coffee to speed normally but you know caffeine caffeine is is a drug mm-hmm. it's just one that people right. take every right. single day um now we oh, this this was crazy because we see a time lapse of Sarah reorganizing her dresser drawers and cleaning her house like crazy and more chipmunk sounding voices like coming from the TV. Now, I had to think about this whenever I saw this, but there was an actual PSA in the ni- in the 80s. If you go on YouTube, you can find it. it just look up Ooh meth on 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 YouTube. So like ooh meth. And it, I, I learned about this PSA from uh, G4 TV. I don't know if anybody remembers G4 TV, but it used to be like an all video game and tech channel on satellite, basically. And uh, there, was an, there was a TV show, like a variety show, I forget what it was called. But there was one where they were talking about the most viral clips on the internet of the week. And this one, they talked about this same clip. It was a PSA from the 80s. And they were like, but the problem is they make meth actually look kind of useful. Because one of the lines in this PSA is, I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. It's like a, it's like a song, like a commercial for meth. Wow. I've not seen that. Go look it up. Go look it up on YouTube. It is real. I actually had to pause the movie and go, I wonder if I could find that thing on YouTube. And I did. I just, I just looked up 80s meth PSA and that was the first one that came up now sarah oh, is there you go yeah sarah is watching tv and she's sweating while she's watching tv i mean and then when things slow down she takes another pill and things slow down even more so she's on uppers and downers at the same time right yep and like what kind of shit doctor would prescribe something like this to somebody i don't know um we see a, another quick quick uh, clip of Tyrone and his girl in bed um, like having sex and the camera's like doing this weird like turning while going up thing that was an interesting bit of cinematography
0: um, yeah all I could think of was how hairless they both were including Marlon Wayans. I was like man he is a hairless man <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a weird note but that anyway. is, that is, I did not notice that no <laughs>
2: um,
1: now Sarah is trying on her red dress again and it's starting to fit it's starting to zip up a bit more all the ladies outside are complimenting her weight loss but there's still nothing in the mail from the TV people now Harry shows up and and she's like oh come on upstairs <clears throat> Harry come on inside and she's you know just won't sit still. She's she's like buzzing all over the place. Oh, you want coffee? You want food? If you want food, you have to go get something. I don't have anything in the house. Like like he sees like she opens the fridge for a second, and there is nothing in there.
0: There is literally no. Because no... like you said during that during that cleaning time lapse thing, you see her. One of the things you see her doing is emptying out the fridge. She's taking everything out and just throwing it away because she's right, not eating right. anymore.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, it's so crazy.
0: Um. And so she
1: just won't sit still. She says she's lost 25 pounds. And he says he's got a good job. He's a distributor for a big import company. Like, that's one nice way of saying you're a drug dealer. Um, he says he's seeing a girl. And again, every time he says this thing, like, oh, I got a job, or, oh, I'm seeing this girl, she, like, jumps up and, and like, oh, honey, that's so great, and hugs him. Like, so what are you going to have, a baby? You know, I want a grandson, stuff like that. Um now Harry's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you, I'm, I'm sorry for being such a bastard, and, and I want to make it up to you. So, I got you a brand new TV. It's gonna be delivered here from Macy's. Now, while he's sitting there, Harry can hear his mother grinding her teeth, and that is, that is one of right. the most <laughs> unnerving sounds I think I've ever heard. I can't even do it on the, I can't even do it on the. Uh, Right here in front of my microphone, because I, that's just so painful to me. I know you and your anti-tooth fetish. Is like, well, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe, maybe not a fetish, maybe like a weakness. I know you
0: don't like anything to deal with teeth in this in movies. Um, but uh, and yet I've seen both horror movies called The Dentist. <laughs> well, One I guess I guess that would be like
1: me watching arachnophobia, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly confronting my fears. I still hate spiders, but, uh... <laughs> um, and he, and now Harry, you know, yeah, like I said, he hears her grinding her teeth and he asks like, mom, are you on uppers? It's like, no, no, it's just these pills. My doctor gave me, he's like, those are uppers. Those are speed. You're taking speed. And it's like, mom, you got to cut that shit out. You're going to become a junkie. And she's like, oh no, it's fine. And then, and she's like, how come you know more about medicine than a doctor? And that's when I had the thought, it's pretty bad when a junkie tells you to stay away from another drug. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. That laughs> like, you, bad. like, you're hooked on this, but you're telling me I shouldn't do that? Okay, that must mean it's really bad. Um, she tells Harry, she's like, I'm gonna be on TV, that's why I want to fit in the dress. She thinks everyone will like her because she's losing weight, because all the ladies outside seem to like her more, and she's like, it's my reason for getting up in the morning. It's the only thing she has. She's like, why make the bed or wash the dishes? She has nothing besides this chance to be on TV. And I'm like, man, that is really sad. Because, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, yeah, she lives alone. She lives alone and doesn't have her husband's dead. She doesn't have anyone. I'm like, you could get a cat or something, you know, Um, you'd have someone. <laughs> but Harry's like, OK, yeah, I'll, yeah. <laughs> He's like, but okay, I'll come and visit. Now that this business is going well and I'm straight. And I was like, how the hell are you straight? You're a drug dealer. That's about as straight as a boomerang. <laughs> 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 so, but while he's in the, la- in the cab leaving, he breaks down crying. Now, I've noticed another thing a couple times in this movie. Excuse me. Um... Anytime someone starts to have like really bad feelings or really bad thoughts, we get an immediate cut of all the drug paraphernalia and stuff, and then then and cut right back to that person, and they're like, okay, they're fine. It's like so we know yeah. that they are using these drugs to kill mental pain, whatever you want to call it. Um, now Tyrone is talking with his boss. We this is this was Brody that they mentioned earlier. I'm like, oh, that's is that who they were talking about? Um he's in the back of a limo, and he's getting a promotion i I thought it was hilarious that Brody was a deaf drug dealer, like a deaf boss he's he's using sign right. language and he's got this boon that's that's like translating for 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 tyrone yeah. like I, how do you get to be a mob boss by being deaf <laughs> I'm like You'd be pretty easy to assassinate if you were deaf. I'm sorry. That's just the first thing I thought of. Like, I wouldn't even have to use a silence or I just walk up to you in your house and be like, Blam! And nobody, I mean, you wouldn't hear anything. But <laughs> Well, I guess that kind of plays into what next happens because there, the, the driver partition goes down. And we see a white guy in the front seat and Tyrone like, oh, you got a white driver. But then this guy pulls a gun and everybody else pulls guns and starts shooting. And we see Tyrone get blood splattered all over his face. And then it just cuts to fall. I, and I just realized just now while talking about this, that this movie is set up in different seasons, you know, summer, fall, winter. Because that's yeah. kind of the seasons of these people's lives that they are going through. Like, summer when everything is really nice, fall when everything starts to turn to shit, and winter when everything is absolute shit. Huh. I just had that thought. That's pretty awesome. That is. That's a good point. Hmm. So Ty, So now that fall has begun, Tyrone is running from the scene of the shooting, and he gets picked up by the cops. Sarah is just sitting there staring at her new TV and her new TV. I'm like, Oh my God, that thing is so old. It's not even a flat screen. <laughs> <laughs> She's still on the pills. And, and and I actually put the note here. I think it's, it's funny that that's what passed for a new TV 20 years ago. But Hey, I remember, I remember getting a new TV, a new CRT. When I was a kid, my parents splurged and upgraded to a 27 inch TV. And like, our old TV had one of those knobs on the front that you had to turn this big knob. It was like <laughs> to anytime you wanted to change the channel. I remember that thing. Oh my God. Uh,
0: but yeah, I remember old- one just because my mom had one in her bedroom. Never. That was never the TV in the living room.
1: Though, okay. So. Well, yeah, the one we, it was the one I, it was, the, it was the only TV I had known my whole life. And then one day it just stopped working. So we went out and got a new one and it was 27 inches. Like, Oh, this TV is so massive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, Harry and Marion are getting high again, and it's it's more of kind of the uh, kind of the uh, you make me feel like a real person, you know, kind of the romantic talk between them. But then we get Tyrone in lockup, just sitting there with you know, kind of his head pressed against the bars. Sarah is talking to her doctor and saying the pills aren't working the way they used to, and she's like, oh and the doctor's like, No, no, everything's fine. We gave you the we gave you the right pills, just keep taking them. Well, she starts taking multiples. She starts mixing them. And now the yeah. energy is back. And while she's watching the TV, she sees herself on the TV, you know, looking wonderful in her red dress and her red hair and motivational guy, you know, speaker guy, Tad, Tappy, 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 I, I forgot his name already. Tappy. Tappy, okay. Tappy. <laughs> Tappy, what a name. How do you, how do you come up with a name <laughs> like that? Um, and then like the, ref- this, <laughs> this was, this was the weirdest thing at first because the refrigerator <clears throat> starts to shake violently for just a second. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Harry goes to bail Tyrone out and says, I couldn't tell if the cops took most of their money or the, the dealers took most of their money. Um, and Tyrone is up for consorting. I guess that's, I, I guess it was the cops because that's the charge that, that Tyrone's got. He says there's a gang war going on and nobody has any drugs to sell until this war is over. Nobody has anything to, and, and Tyrone says nobody's got anything to sell except Big Tim. But he's not selling, he only gives it up for pussy. And Tyrone, yep. offered, and Tyrone says he offered, Tyrone says he offered, I offered to give him some, but Tim said I wasn't cute enough. <laughs> now, <laughs> now they, now this part was really random because they see a van dump a body in a trash can and just bolt. I'm like, what did that have to do with anything? I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe kind of foreshadowing. Um, but now Sarah is still mixing pills and just walking in circles. She is just walking in circles around her apartment in her little living room. Um, and then like we cut to Marion and she's having night, a nightmare or something that she's having withdrawals. But now she wakes up and, uh, and Harry's like, Hey, you okay. And she's like, yeah. Um, and, and she wants to get high, but Harry says that's all they have like if we use that now we won't have anything for tomorrow and she says oh but Tyrone's going to score in the morning we're going to be okay so what do they do they get high yeah. sarah is at the doctor's office and she has lost a ton of weight it's like now this scene was so crazy yeah. cuz it's like time is distorting itself like it's speeding up and slowing down and like it's got like this fisheye lens and almost kind of like a kind of like a hazy look to it where it's just so weird looking um, and the doc comes in and's like what's the problem and she's like well I'm, I'm losing weight but I feel terrible and the doc's like oh no there's nothing to worry about gives her
0: another prescription now, this doctor sucks I hate this guy yeah he just says he's like fill this and I'll see you in a week you'll be fine yeah I'm like my god dude like how <laughs> I, I,
1: I won't go into a tirade, but I used to be a security guard at a hospital. And that was enough to make me go, you know what? I don't know. I don't ever want to go to the medical field. Um, now, Harry gets <laughs> off the phone with Tyrone and says that he hasn't scored yet. And Marion starts to blame Harry because they don't have any drugs, even though she was the one who wanted to get high last night.
0: Right <laughs>
1: now, Tyrone and Harry are taking money out of the box and that they had been putting money in. And they're talking about more Prime will be on the streets in a couple of days, but the price is doubled. So they're asking Marion to get money from the guy she saw earlier. And she says the money isn't the problem, but like like Harry, she's like, Harry doesn't know what she's going to have to do to get this money. So I'm like, okay, she's going to have to fuck this guy, isn't she? And he's like, well, we're going to get things back on track and everything will be okay again. And now Marion is talking to Arnold, the guy from earlier. I still don't know if he's a relative or a therapist. And she's like, I've got a favor to ask. And while they're at the dinner table, he puts his hand on hers. And for a second, she imagines herself stabbing it with a fork. Yep. But she asks to borrow money instead. And like immediately, like just cuts right to it. Like it's the same conversation She's like, I need to borrow money. And he's like, what for? But they're like already in his bed. And he's like, what do you want it for? And she asks him to turn the light off. And he's like, well, you didn't want me to turn the light off before. And she's like, yeah, well, I'm just different. And if I thought maybe maybe she wanted the lights turned off so he wouldn't see her tracks or something. Um, but then I thought, well, then I realized, but I don't think we've seen her shoot up during this movie. I think she snorts whatever she's snorting. Um now, Harry is back at, the, at his apartment or wh- whatever the place is that they're living. And he starts to imagine Marion banging this guy. And I noticed in his little imagination, the guy she was banging was like this really handsome dude. But the, in reality, the guy she was banging was this bald, pasty guy. Uh, but again, as soon right. as this as soon as this bad thought enters his mind, he gets high and the vision goes away. And Marion is leaving Arnold's apartment looking absolutely terrible. She leaves and throws up as soon as she leaves the building. Um, yes. Now she gets back, and Harry's still watching TV. Tyrone is looking at the at the picture of his mother on his bed, and like so, all these different. And Sarah is is getting her makeup on and looks terrible. She looks. and I put the note here. Oh yeah. She, I she looks like too a, much makeup She on, yeah. looks like a sad Joker. Hey, two Joker references in one episode. How about that? <laughs> it was going to happen. We got Jared Leto here. Um, <laughs> so Harry and Tyrone, I, I didn't figure out what was going on here because like they're walking into this store and it's, it's a store. It's like a Walmart or something, but they're looking around going, like, man, where is everybody? And then they walk into the back and I quote, oh, it's like Black Friday for drug dealers. <laughs> because all these dealers are back here in the back and they're waiting for this big door to open and there's a truck outside that says Florida Oranges and inside the truck is a guy with two suitcases full of, was this the Coke you were talking about? Or... Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, so yeah, two big suitcases full of Coke and it's like, just start selling one right after the other. Yeah, it's like, like Black Friday for drug dealers. Um, and all, all the while, Marion is looking for absolutely anything she could get high off of. She is trashing this apartment, looking for anything. At one point, I think we see her drinking Robitussin um, or some kind of cough medicine. It's something out of the medicine chest. Um, now Harry and Tyrone are waiting their turn, but someone tries to jump the line and people start shooting. People start shooting and running. They close the, the, the truck up and just bolt. They now, now Harry yep. and Tyrone have no drugs. They decide to go an alternative route to find, you know, actually drive down to Florida to find more dope to sell. Um, and Sarah wakes up. Now this, this was crazy. Cause like she wakes up and is really starting to lose it. It's like all the lights in her apartment yes. are flickering and the camera angles that they, that they use here aren't like, there's no like static camera or like a steady cam. It's all jangly and moving around. So it really conveys a sense of instability in a beautiful way. Um, Now, she starts to walk towards the refrigerator and it lunges at her like it just kind of (laughs) jolts. And then she runs away. (laughs) Now, Harry uh, gets back to the apartment and tells Marion about the deal going bad and she blames him. She's like, oh, this is your fault. You loser. You're a fucking loser. So Harry
0: calls Tyrone and asks for Big Tim's phone number. And he gives the and, number to Mary. Surprisingly they they didn't use the five 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 number.
1: Oh, is that it's is amazing. that the New York area code?
0: <laughs> no, it's just every movie, if you ever watch movies, the numbers are always five five five. So the fact that they used an actual number is pretty impressive.
1: You know, I don't think I've ever noticed that.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> <it's>
1: a thing. <laughs> Funny, I'm gonna have to look that up now. Um, but yeah, he 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 takes this picture. It's a picture of him and 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 uh, Marion, and writes Big Tim's phone number on it and gives it to her. And is like, "You want drugs? Go fuck this guy. He'll give you drugs." Now <laughs> we cut back to Sarah, who is slowly creeping toward her chair in the living room while watching the refrigerator. It lunges at her again, and she sits in her chair real quick. She is watching her motivational speaker again and sees herself on TV again, looking at amazing. now. And the refrigerator lunges again, and she pops another pill. At this point, the refrigerator is growling at her. I was, I was waiting for it to, like, you know, grow a face or something. Um... Then the TV version of her and the speaker are in her living room. It's like they it's like poltergeist almost. They like come out of the living room. No, I'm sorry. The ring. (laughs) They come out of the TV into the living room and they're like looking at everything in her apartment like, oh, this is so terrible. This is so awful. Why would anyone live here? And she starts to like hallucinate this. Crazy ass hallucination. Now, like the crowd on the TV are laughing at her too, and the walls open up like yeah. it's a TV set, and this scene just keeps getting crazier and crazier.
0: And through it all yeah, she's like you said, they're like taking on part of the apartment like a TV set. Yeah, yeah exactly. like all these all these cameras
1: coming in, like, okay, Mrs.
0: Goldfab, one on three, one,
1: two, three. Like, I don't know what to do. She's she's just like watching all this i was like i want to know how they like how did they decide or how did darren aronofsky decide that like this is what people who are on speed see i I don't know i mean i I would love to to know if that's what they really experience after a while um yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of it comes from the book oh yeah yeah I, 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 i totally forgot that this was a novel by this point yeah you're right um Though at this point she's and, and she's still looking at the fridge through all of this and it's still lunging at her. And suddenly everyone is chanting, Feed me, Sarah, feed me, Sarah, feed me, Sarah. And then the fridge, like it was it's one of the older fridges where it's like the, the the freezer's on top and the fridges on the bottom, like it opens up like a mouth and is like lunging at her still. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, there it is. Um so she like runs out of the apartment now we cut to winter like i said winter and it literally is winter she is walking the streets of new york in the freezing cold still wearing that dress like everything around her is moving at like lightning speed but she is like stuck in slow motion that's just a really cool effect i think and it looked really crazy
0: um yeah and her pretty red hair now you can see the gray starting to come through yeah which leads me to go like how
1: how long did she think she had to lose this weight she i i thought i guess it was the i guess it was the lose 10 pounds in 10 days thing that made me think oh she's going to be on tv really soon but no she's still waiting to hear back from these people i mean even the earlier on the mailman was like (laughs) the mailman was like no i don't have anything i promise once i find once it comes i will i will bring it to
0: you um, yeah, because he says, when it's here, I am gonna come waving it in your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So he's annoyed by her every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably got tired of it. Um, now Tyrone and Harry are driving to Florida to score some more drugs to sell. I'm guessing Florida probably means cocaine. That's just I always I always associate Florida with oranges and cocaine. <laughs> their two chief exports. <laughs> um, now, Marion is on the, well, actually, Sarah is on the subway and she's like, does this train go to Madison Avenue? I'm supposed to be on TV and everybody thinks she's crazy because she is acting crazy.
0: Uh, yeah, and this is pretty cool because the guy reading the paper, the one who's like, you were whacked. Mm-hmm. That is Darren Aronofsky's dad that says that. Really? That's funny. Yeah, because I was looking on the IMDB yeah, I that, and, like, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool.
1: I didn't even look at the guy's name. But uh, yeah, that was his only or that was his that was his IMDB picture was him on the train. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. Now, Marion is on the phone with Angel. They've been mentioning this Angel person throughout the movie. And I'm like, why is there always a drug dealer or a criminal named Angel in movies like this? That's just like the most ironic fucking shit. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like you know, a uh, uh, a priest or a priestess or a, or a priest or a nun named like Damien or something like that. Um, wait, what? I'm sorry, I just had a th- I just had a thing. Has there been nuns or or priests named Damien in any movies that you know of? I know Damien was the kid from The Omen, right? Oh,
0: well, Damien is the priest in The Exorcist. Oh, was he? I forgot about that. Damien. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I've, I've only seen Marianne that movie one time. Yeah. So. Okay. I retract
1: my previous statement. I still think it's really dumb and ironic for an for for every movie that has gangsters in it to have someone named Angel. <laughs> um, so she's but no, Ma- Marion finds out that Harry's gone and is going to be gone for a few days, and she starts crying. And like I'm not sure if she's crying because she misses Harry or because he is her source cuz she immediately starts begging Angel to hook her up. Like 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 can you get me yeah, drugs? I think I, it's the drugs. I think it's the drugs too. She's like, "I know I I can I can pay you back. I can get you money. You know that." Now Sarah is talking to some lady at a desk asking her when she's going to be on TV. She looks like an absolute lunatic at this point. Um a bunch of people are standing around her. She's still going on about going going to be on TV. And then a couple of cops show up and they're like, um, yeah, this lady needs help. And she needs serious help. So she gets taken away. Now, the cops are doing it very nicely. I will say that at least they are compassionate in some yes. in some way. Um, so Marion is giving Big Tim a call and but then hangs up as soon as he answers and then she calls him back. This time he's like, "Hello." And she just goes, "Hi." That's like all she says, and we hear <laughs> Big Tim start to chuckle on the other end. And I'm I'm I didn't recognize his voice at first, but when I finally saw who Big Tim was, I was like, "Oh shit." No. <laughs> um Tyrone and Harry getting high on the side of the road. Like, <clears throat> you guys, can you guys not make it all the way to Florida, you know, without getting high? I'm sure Doing heroin while you're driving is not a good thing. But Harry's track mark on his arm looks awful. It looks so terrible. And even Tyrone is like, dude, you shouldn't be shooting up in that. And then we see a shot. Harry's just like, oh, it'll go away once it's over. Yeah, yeah, this will make it better. (laughs) He actually said this will make it better. Yeah, yeah. This is where it starts to really cut back and forth really quickly. Because bef- you know we see Marion on a secure like she's on a security camera like a CCTV like trying to get into this building. Then we cut to Sarah getting admitted to the hospital. Now Marion is meeting Big Tim, and I was like, oh shit, it's Keith David. Keith David, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Keith David has got an amazing voice. Um, he actually like I, one of the first things I really remember him for was actually a voice of uh, the Arbiter in Halo Two. And, uh, when, when I started seeing more movies with him and I think the first thing I ever saw him in was pitch black actually. Um, but, uh, but no, like when, his voice is just amazing. He actually played himself in saints row four, like he played himself. Oh, okay. And at <laughs> one point talks about like doing voice acting and it's like, yes. And even on certain low points, I've done voice acting for video games. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> it's he, He's just awesome. Um, and she tells him that her name is Marion, and he's like, oh, Maid Marion. I'm Little John. I'm sorry, I'm doing a shitty impersonation of Keith David <laughs> right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I wish I had a voice like him. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he, he says this. I couldn't figure out what exactly he was saying, but he looks at it and says, you know what I like the most about? It sounded like he said Patty Chicks. I couldn't figure out what yeah, he was that's saying. What, that's what. I, okay. I didn't, yeah, I didn't either. He's like, you know, what the best thing about Patty chicks, or the thing I like the most about Patty chicks, they give good head. And they start to make out, and he's like, "Oh, better save some of that energy." And he starts pushing her head down while unbuckling his pants. And he he yeah. has he has the the like the cringiest line I think in this movie where he looks at her like at first she's not doing anything, but then he's like, well, "I didn't take it out just to get some air." Or I didn't take it out because it needed to breathe or something. Like, oh, shit. Um, Now, Harry is hurting bad. They're back in the car. They're now 600 miles closer to Miami, and Harry wants to call Marion. And Big Tim is later inviting Marion to some party on Sunday night, says so she could get more drugs. Sarah is in the hospital. Marion is in the bathtub with her head like she's bent over. With her head underwater, screaming.
0: Did you recognize this shot? It did look familiar. Um, I was like, you, I didn't know it. I had to look it up. But you should know exactly what this shot is. Uh,
1: it's, I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's escaping me. There are, there are
0: several shots I can think of. Uh, well, it is an exact replica of a shot from Perfect Blue.
1: Oh, okay. Well, okay. I've only seen Perfect Blue one time, but now that we've now that now that I've seen Perfect Blue and you've seen Black Swan, we need to do like a like a
0: comparison episode or something, because that is very interesting. Well, this was, yeah, this is an exact replica because Aronofsky actually secured the live action rights to Perfect Blue just so he could put this scene in the movie. (laughs) Hmm. I had that forgotten about that. That is crazy.
1: <coughs> that is really crazy because I'm. I'm okay. Another Watch Mojo list where Watch Mojo talked about the top ten movies that were may have been copycats. Um, Perfect Blue. They said Perfect Blue may have been a copycat of um or no um Black Swan may have been a copycat of Perfect Blue, although Darren Aronofsky denies it.
0: Um, I'd say that's interesting then that he secured the rights to Perfect Blue to use this shot, and then turned around and made Black Swan, which is compared to Perfect Blue. Huh. Hmm. The plot is very interesting.
1: Um. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now we cut back to Harry and his arm already looks worse than it did a minute ago. He still wants to call Marion, but Tyrone's like, dude, we need to get you to a hospital. Now Sarah is getting a shot from a nurse and everything starts to slow down. Harry's in the emergency room and Tyrone's in the waiting room. The doc in the hospital, which played by Dylan Baker, is another one of those, hey, I know
0: that guy. Uh, from I was gonna Trick gonna or say, Treat. Yeah, because I mean I'm Exactly. <laughs> yep. That I was, I
1: was like, oh, that's a psycho teacher. he's one of those faces that like I always think I've seen him in other stuff, but like looking through his IMDB, I can only see now two things that I've actually seen him in, but he's got, a, he's got a pretty long career. Um, but no, he like takes one look at Harry's arm. And he's like, ah, oh, I'll be back in a minute. And then he like grabs some of the medicine bottles off the table. So, so like, like, this guy's going to steal something. Um, but Marion has already shot up or snorted up whatever she had gotten from Big Tim and is calling him again. Um, Sarah is getting strapped to her bed, and these two orderlies are force-feeding her. Like, oh, God. I've worked in mental hospitals. I've never seen anything that bad.
0: Um, Tyrone is still waiting. Holding her nose to make her swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now,
1: Tyrone is still in the waiting room and then gets approached by a cop. Then the next thing we see is handcuffs for him and handcuffs for Harry. They both go... They're both going away. Sarah is getting tube fed now, um, which I did not know how tube feeding worked until I saw this. I like, oh, my God, that'd be painful. Um, uh, Marion is getting all dolled up again when the phone rings and it's Harry. And he's in lockup, but he says he's coming home soon. And she's like, can you come today? And he breaks down crying again. He's like, just wait for me. Just wait for me. Sarah is still in the mental hospital, but the doctor says the medication isn't working. Asks if she will sign some papers for alternative treatments. And her signature doesn't even look like a signature. Like, he, like, no. Like, you know, just hands this mentally unstable person a, a pen and is like, yeah, I expect you to comprehend everything I'm saying. Please sign here. Um, now Tyrone and Harry are in lockup and Harry's you know they're all Harry's screaming for help because his arm hurts so much and Tyrone's screaming because Harry's screaming. Um, Marion is back at Big Tim's place again. Uh, Harry and Tyrone are in the back of a prison transport. This is where start this is where stuff starts like I'm, each one of these scenes cuts back and forth it seems like every couple of seconds. Um, cuz Sarah really does. You're yeah, right. cuz Sarah's getting prepared for electroshock therapy which I don't know anything about. I'm like, how is this supposed to help anyone? You're you're like shooting yeah. so much electricity through someone's brain. How is that supposed to be beneficial? Um, now, Marion arrives at Big Tim's and there are a bunch of guys in his living room. There are already, I think, four women, no clothing between the four of them, on this table, like... Tribbing, I guess, is what you would call it, um, and Big Tim just kind of leans over to her and goes, "Showtime!" <laughs> now Harry's arm is so messed up that the the people, the, you know, the people at the at the jail are. I guess I don't know if they're in prison yet or not. I guess they're just in lockup. They're so messed up they think he's gonna die, so they you know call an ambulance. Marion and this other girl start going ass to ass on a two-headed dildo. I, at this point is when I just had yep. to stop taking notes because there's just so much shit going on. Um, now Harry's arm gets amputated and that's kind of like the culmination of this scene. Um, yeah. We see Marion on the pier again and Harry running towards her, but then she disappears. And he like takes a couple steps back and then falls off this pier. Like it, it's, just, it's just gone now. He wakes up in a hospital with his arm missing and saying Marion's name. And the nurse is like, she'll come. And he's just like, no, no, she won't. And then he starts crying again. And And it took me a minute to catch this, but like he kind of curls up in the fetal position on his right side. Now we see, um, okay. Yep. Marion gets back to her apartment. We see Tyrone go, getting on his bunk in prison. We see Sarah's friends waiting to see her in the mental hospital. And as soon as they bring her in, we cut to her friends crying outside, like, horribly. Marion is laying on her couch, smiling while holding this big, we can assume, bag of drugs. And then she curls up in the same position, on her side, on the yep. couch. Yep. Tyrone is curled up on his prison bunk in the same position. And while that happens, you see a brief glimpse of him as a child curled up in his mother's lap. Sarah is laying on her bed and still imagining herself on TV, still imagining all the wonderful things that's going to happen when she's on TV. She imagines, you know, Harry coming up to meet her on stage and, you know, him being clean and successful and her being beautiful in her dress. And she curls up in the same position. I just thought that was a really interesting little little detail. And roll credits. So having seen this film, finally. Yeah, I don't know if I could watch it again. Um, I don't know. You've seen it multiple times now, right? Haven't
0: you? I mean, this is the second time I saw it probably around 2002 or three.
1: Oh, so you saw it right shortly after like it came out.
0: Watched. Yeah, I saw it pretty early if I'm remembering correctly. So, yeah. But yeah, I haven't seen it any other time just for this. Okay.
1: Well, I did not leave this movie
0: feeling as horrified as I did kids. I think. I didn't either. And honestly, when I see all the comments that people make about, oh, I couldn't watch this again, I'm like. I don't know. I don't feel that bad after this movie, I guess. Huh, what does that say about us? I think kids... I don't know. because I, I think kids is because it's kids is why I feel that bad. Right,
1: because you're watching all these people that aren't even old enough to have pubic hair yet just fucking torpedoing their lives and their futures, whereas this Christ. film was watching four grown-ass adults. Now, I will say Sarah was the most tragic of the film for me because she... She did not, you know, start doing drugs because it was cool or because she wanted to make the pain go away or anything like that. She she wanted to lose
0: weight. I can relate to that. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I feel like I feel like definitely if you've ever had a drug problem, this movie would definitely be a terrifying watch. Yeah, it probably but would. Like you said, you don't know anything about drugs. I've never been on drugs, so to me, I can't really relate kids we've all been kids we can all relate to that so that one exactly stands out to me more right you know i can't relate to the drug aspect of this because that's just never a part of my life that's never been a part and i hope it never is so yeah i hope it never is too um
1: but you know talking about again comparing this movie to kids at one point i thought you know i guess requiem for a dream could kind of be a sequel to kids
0: (laughs) yeah those Um, kids grown
1: up yeah yeah maybe i mean (laughs) We don't know enough about the characters' histories of, um, you know, Tyrone and Harry and Marion as to how they got to where they are. But we can assume that they are grown-ass adults because, I mean, it looks like they all came from decent backgrounds, at least somewhat decent. You know, Tyrone, we know Tyrone had a good mother at least, or we can assume he had a good mother. Um, Harry had a good mother. Um, Marion, we don't know much about her parents, except she sounds like she doesn't really like them, but it doesn't sound like they were terrible to her. It's not like she hated them. Um, so we can assume that all, all of these characters came from, you know, regular people, decent upbringings, and then made the decision to throw their lives away. Like I said, with right. the exception of Sarah. Sarah had good intention, but didn't know what she was getting into. Um... Whereas, like I said, in kids, you're watching young people purposely destroying their futures and other people's futures. Like there was no character yes. like like the like I forget the guy's name, but the one in kids who was who had who's HIV positive and just fucking everything, I fucking hated that kid. I wanted him to get hit by a Casper. bus. <laughs> Casper, yeah. I hated yes. him. I did not hate anyone in this movie. I was just watching it going. Well, that is really tragic that that's the decision you've made.
2: Yep. So, yeah.
1: I, I agree with what you said. Not everyone's yep. been a junkie, but everyone has been a kid. Yeah. So, after all of these uh, messed up mother movies, <laughs> we need something, Uh, I think we need
0: something a bit more uh, lighthearted and maybe fun. Um, well, we have one more week in May, which I did not realize. Oh, shit, really? I this was our last... <laughs> I know, see? right? See, okay, see, that's what quarantine now, I mean, has done to us. We don't twice. have to go with the thing. We... Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, shit, this is... Oh, we got one more Friday in May coming, so we can do whatever, though. We don't okay. have to <laughs> stick with this.
1: Well, since it is... This
0: was a coincidence anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um... Since it is coming up on June, and all the movie theaters are still closed, and we're not getting Black Widow, and we're not getting Wonder Woman eighty four, or at least I don't think we are. I heard somewhere that no, we're not. Okay, well, I heard somewhere that Christopher Nolan might really be pushing for um, Tenant, was, was that Tenet? yes, Tenant to be to be released That's... in theaters. And if his if that movie in gets July. released in theaters, then Wonder Woman eighty four might get released in theaters. I don't know.
0: But we're going to talk about I think some they've already superhero Wonder Woman back. But-
1: oh, did they? Okay, they might have. I think out.
0: so. But anyways,
1: well, we're going to be talking about some superhero movies. You know, a lot of I mean, that's like the flavor of the month right now. Everybody loves superhero movies. And I think most most of that can be contributed to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But we're not going to be talking about your mainstream superheroes. We're going to be talking about, well, I mean, one of them is kind of mainstream, but uh, our first movie we're going to be talking about is one that I remembered hearing about when it came out, but never seeing it, starring Woody Harrelson called Defendor. Not Defender, Defendor. It's misspelled. <laughs> we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about a superhero who fights with stuff like glass jars full of angry bees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. This should be fun. This should be very fun. So before we wrap this episode up, let's just remind you to follow and like and subscribe on pretty much. I think we're on like all social media at this point. We are
0: everything except TikTok. (laughs) Yes, no TikTok, no Snapchat. I don't know if podcasts would do that or not, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. But yeah, follow us, reach out to us, we're very interactive, we have a Facebook page and a group. Yeah, we're and starting also to... also I wanted to give a quick shout out to a, uh, a new podcast I started listening to called The Greek Godcast. The Greek and Godcast? they did an episode on Forrest... Yeah. And they do all kinds... I've only listened to one episode so far, but it was a Forrest Gump episode, and they did exactly how I would do a Forrest Gump episode if we ever did one, even though we've both seen it, so we're not, but... The dude's quoting the movie the whole way through, and I'm like, yes, this is my kind of guy. So go check out the Greek Godcast, just for that alone. The Greek
1: Godcast, wow. Well, yeah, if you want to be friends with Josh, you just have to pay, you just have to make uh, show some love to Forrest Gump. Uh, I really need to go back and watch that movie. It's been so long since I've seen it. But that is going to wrap things up for this episode of Cinematic Blind Spots. I'm Adam. And I'm Josh And always remember, whether you are in your car or in your theater, be sure to check your blind spots. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you next time.